Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. What's his name? The, the guy's very nervous. Okay, 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 okay. What's his name? Joe Pesci, yeah. Um, Joe Pesci in that movie is very nervous and, and very, very... Uh, uh, very loud and nervous, and she came out. The, the coordinator came out. And she says, oh, "Oh, I'll get you parking. I'll get you parking." The owner of the channel came out to the parking lot, and she goes, "Oh my God! Oh my God! The owner, este es el dueño de todo." <laughs> and she's introducing me to the owner of the channel. I said, "Lady," she said, "He's he's the owner of everything." And I said, "Lady, don't you know who the owner of everything is? His name is Jesus Christ." Amen. He's just a steward. The Lord is allowing him to run this channel the amount of time that God is going to give him. And then he has to leave, and it stays. And the guy's looking at me like, who are you? I said, and you and I have to talk. Because this woman can go around. Your employee can't go around telling everybody that you're the owner of all things. Because you're not. You are a steward. And when you, God is finishing letting you steward, he's going to bring you home and you have to leave everything. Do you understand that? And here's my card and let's have coffee because I want to talk to you. So that's who we are in this earth. We're the salt of the earth. We're the people that remind people reality, truth. Amen. We have a message and maybe, maybe, I don't know. Anyways, um, let's be who God has called us to be. Uh, let's be it entirely. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, let no one consider himself more than he ought. But it doesn't say consider yourself less. You're not supposed to be, oh, because the Lord wants me to be humble, so I can't say I'm a world changer. No, you are a world changer. And you not ought to be more. You're not God. You're not the Messiah, but you are who God made you. And so walk in that. Let's ask the young uh, children to go back to Sunday school. And uh, we thank God for their lives and how they're being groomed up in the fear of God, in the ways of the Lord. And we thank God for their Sunday school teachers pouring their lives. They'll never understand the potential they have to shoot those young men and women into the purpose of God. Um, So in the last, I don't know if you are one of those people that projects what God is doing, but if you go back six months and you follow you fingerprint the, the fingerprint of God. God has been busy here. He's been really doing some incredible work, and today will be no less. Um, he's about to, to really give us some really powerful good stuff. So tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here. You tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here, but I'm not glad that you didn't invite anybody. Right? Because somebody should be sitting right next to you because you called them and picked them up to come to church. And, and we need to get these chairs filled um, with the harvest of the Lord. We need to be busy. We bought 10,000 trataditos in Spanish and 10,000 in English. This was your life. You guys have no excuses now. I bought a lot of bullets. We got a lot of ammunition. Okay? Grab a stack and go and, the Bible says, a wise man is he who harvests, wins souls. So that when you get there on the Lord's day, you're going to say, Lord, see all these people there. I talked to them. 
I brought them to you. Um, and so you share your faith and you share the good news of the gospel. And we continue to work hard with the marriages. This morning, uh, a woman was on the way to see a lawyer and she saw the bus ad, Save Your Marriage. Her name is Natalia. You keep her in your prayers. Her husband is a doctor. His name is Jose Felipe. They don't even know that we're praying for them. But when they come and they get saved and restored, we'll say, we were praying for you guys. And, uh, and so she came and, and she uh, says after she's been with her husband for a long time and he finally becomes a doctor, now he thinks um, he doesn't need her, right? And that's a big lie. Uh, so she was on her way to go get a lawyer and, and she stopped here. And she says, I'm so glad that, that you guys are doing what you're doing. And I'm so glad I stopped here before going to the lawyer. Now I'm going to cancel my appointment and go back home. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be a good wife and a great mother. So, uh, and I said, come. You need to meet the women that are here that are world changers, that are really women of God, that are doing the same thing. And they're going to encourage you. My sister was able to meet her and give her some words. And, and so that's what we are the light of the world. We, we have truth, and we're sharing it with those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. The devil, there's an old saying that the devil's in the details. He wants to nick and pick, keep you busy and distracted. Listen, fall in love with God and see the beauty of the Lord. If something is, is discouraging you, like this microphone is discouraging me right now because of the bass. It's a real it's a feedback. Um, Let's get encouraged and see the real picture of God's mercy on our life. We're not supposed to even be around. Tell, tell your neighbor, you know something? Let's put a smile on that face. The famous Latino preacher, Yee Avila, would say, Sonríe, Cristo te ama. In other words, you have no reason to have any other expression than a smile because the Lord loves you. And he does, and, um, and if there's any consolation in this, so do we, amen? Uh, let, let the Lord uh, use us to love you, and, and we'll pray tonight for God's word. I, I'm excited, I just, you know, you can't not have the spirit of God on you and not be excited. There's, there's such enthusiasm in the spirit of God, and even more so in the midst of challenges, because nothing's going to stop the Spirit of God from fulfilling the purpose of God. And, um, and so we're excited. And all the more in the midst of imperfections and, and really difficult situations. Um, Father, I thank you for your mercy in my life and the mercy in our lives. And your goodness that is extended towards us. That if it were not for your mercy, we would have been destroyed a long time ago. And yet your faithfulness every morning we wake up to, your excitement and encouragement towards our life to finish that which you have started and to perfect that which has already begun to the fullness of the stature and the measure of its full maturity in God. Because you leave nothing without finishing that which you begin, you are faithful to finish and Lord, let us understand a perspective that allows our heart to be quieted and allows our spirit to be encouraged. And we pray that your word tonight would open our eyes, like Paul would pray for the church, that the eyes of our understanding might be opened, that we might see our inheritance in Christ, the fullness of everything you have directed towards us in your 
purpose and plan to show forth your glory to the authorities that be, the powers that be in the church, the manifold wisdom of God to the nations, our generation, that they might see your goodness, that they might see your peace, your joy, your righteousness established like Welly Tamboon says, here on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. We pray, oh God, that you just allow your word to be that nourishing that transforms us, that renews our mind, that deepens our understanding, that strengthens our walk in you so that the measure of our faith is greater, Lord, so that the measure of what we see in the invisible realm is greater than that which we have observed and experienced on the physical earthly realm. For we walk not by sight, but by faith, O oh God. And your promise is fulfilled. Now this word, allow it to be imparted into our hearts, into your people, into the nations. That we not only keep that which you pour out from heaven, the dew of heaven, but that we extend it towards all those that surround us, that they too might taste and see that the Lord is good. And Father, we rebuke every assignment of Satan and hell, everything that comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. Father, for he is the author of destruction and death. And allow us to receive the abundant life that you have promised to give us in Christ. For you have come to give us life and life in abundance. And give us an understanding in your spirit what this word is supposed to do in our hearts and in our lives as you continue to build us up in our most holy faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, um, just like in any other matter, when we have an example before us, it's good. So we can follow after that example. And God has not left us without an example. In Hebrews 4.15... It clearly says that we, have, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, cannot come and, and, and put his affection with our weaknesses. You know, I know, if you don't know, ask the person next to you how we're thwart and filled with innumerable situations in our life full of debility and weakness. Um, some people have made it an art and a passion to signal out the defects in everyone else. And all they're doing is avoiding the true reflection of their own condition. So we're not into that foolishness. We don't have to exemplify and highlight the frailties of those around us I'm busy, I don't know about you, I'm busy on myself. If I want to concern myself about seeing someone that's doing something wrong, I look in the mirror. I just, I just look at myself. And that, that evens the score. I said, these people are doing way better than me. Okay? So that is the sentiment that Christ was uh, able to see us in all of our weaknesses. And it says, in every point, how many points do you have? In your life, how many areas are you being challenged upon all the time? My every thought, I'm like, man, that was dumb. I shouldn't have been thinking like that. Why, why, do, why do I move in that direction? I, I need to move in a direction that is like the kingdom, 
I need to move in the direction that transforms something. Um, I was even saying this last night. I was watching a local television program, and uh, a famous Latina celebrity, Charitin, has her program. And she brought some people on her program, and they were doing some things that were really wrong. Uh, two women on her program got up there and started making fun of family, started making fun of being a wife, started making fun of being a mother, started mocking, uh, saying that they weren't going to live off their husband, they weren't going to serve their family, they were going to go and express themselves, and that they were in the profession of prostitution. And, and I was like, man, that's really twisted to put on TV. And as I was saying, that shouldn't be on TV. The Lord says, quit criticizing them because you're not doing nothing on TV. I can't get upset at a rapper who's on MTV doing things that are wrong when I'm not doing anything that's right on TV. And so and, and that's just an example to show you that when I think and have an opinion about somebody doing something wrong, it turns about, what are you doing? And that, that's an extreme, but we do this all the time. And here Jesus tempted in every area, all points. There wasn't a point in his life that he wasn't tempted and yet without sin. And that's, that's where I want to go. Are you in that journey? Or are you there yet? You're perfect. We're in the journey of God is dealing with us and in every moment there's an opportunity to not sin. To not fall short of God's standard and measure. And so what is his standard and measure? And we said it. We've been saying this for three weeks. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 35. One of them asked him, an expert in the law, a lawyer, tested him, saying, verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In all your instruction, what do I have to focus on the most? And we've been saying this, verse 37. Uh, love, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love, love, love God with everything that you are. Love God. Have the expression of love be the expression of your life. Now I want to ask you a question. Do people know you love God? Or do people know that you're upset? What do they know more? Do they know you love God or they, do they feel that you're offended? Because the opposite of the expression of love is sin. Whatever an expression of falling short of love is sin. Because if you love your wife, you won't commit adultery. If you love your neighbor, you won't steal from them. If you love your brother, you won't get offended. You won't hold a grudge. You won't not forgive. And so love is the perfect standard without sin. And, and it says, love God with everything you are. And, and when you love God with all that you have, you will not allow anybody to steal away your testimony by not forgiving them. Why do you forgive others? Because you love God. Why will you not have sex, Joseph, with Potiphar's wife? Because I love my God. So the expression of loving God will eliminate much sin in our life. And wherever we're sinning is because we're falling short on loving God. And so we need to grow and perfect the measure of our maturity in loving God. And so everywhere we're not loving God, 
that's where you can see the opposite of the expression. So verse 38, he says, and this is the first and great commandment, but 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the measure of God in every direction, and this is the message tonight, that in every expression of your existence, what is birth and given and, and fulfilled and lived and clothed and spoken and thought is love. And this is what man has lost. He's lost God. And so his life becomes an expression of everything else. But I want to tell you something most and most assuredly, that whatever your issue is, whatever your issue is, is the fact that there's no love there. There's no love. And so now Christ has called us, if we're going to be his disciples, one great commandment I give you, that you love one another. I can't. Well, why can't you? Because, see, I feel I'm not loved. I feel I'm betrayed. I feel nobody appreciates me. I feel that I'm hurt. I feel that I'm offended. I feel that I'm mad. I feel that I'm going to get even. I feel I don't even want to hear this message tonight. And so God is faithful because while you were walking far from the expression of his presence because God is love, while you're far from it, God is calling you back. And God is saying that my purpose in your existence is you're perfecting your love. Now, let me tell you something. That's not going to happen in an imperfect world where everybody around you has walked in a manner that has offended you. And thus, we have in the last days, the love of many will grow cold because there will be many offenses. And so Jesus was right on when he said that, that in the last days, a lot of people were going to throw in the towel and say, you know something, I'm not going to walk in, in the expression of love. And yet that's the expression of maturity, and that's the expression, and we'll see it tonight really powerfully, that God is calling us to. And people might see his glory in our lives. So 1 John 4, 17 Oh, we can finish. Let's, let's finish verse 40. I'm sorry. Uh, Matthew 22, 40. He says, all the law and all the prophets, every message has been sent, every word that has been written has been on this issue. And we have become experts. Listen to me. We have become experts in knowing the perfect word of God. We have the righteous indignation. But the Bible says you can know all the mysteries. And if you have not love, you have nothing. You can know prophecies. You can be prophetically endowed. So I know what God is saying right now, and I got the word of the Lord. Yeah, but if you have love, my friend, you have nothing. You have nothing. And so 1 John 4, 17, this is, the premise is, this is how love is made perfect among us, that we might have confidence, that we might be bold in the day we stand before God. Because we're supposed to walk as he walked in this world. Love is matured and perfected at the highest level. In that we, and this, is what, this was what the embodiment of God was Jesus Christ who loved everyone at all times, regardless. 
At all times, there was an expression, and, and the love of God was permeating in every expression. And you could see this, that we will have confidence not that we went to church, not that we knew the Bible, not that, that we were born into a Christian family and we've been Christians all our life. No, no, no. The confidence is in the day of standing before God that we would have walked like Jesus walked upon the earth. And he never gave an expression that lacked the full measure of love towards God and towards others. That, that was that was Christ, the expression of love in its fullness in every direction. And so that's why the Bible says in Ephesians 3.18, and Paul is trying to bring this understanding to the church, that you might understand, that you might comprehend together with every single believer in the whole world what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, not of theology, not of righteousness, not of duty, of love. And no, it's not intellectual that you might live it. Verse 19. To know the love of Christ because this passes all that you know. And if you know a whole bunch and aren't able to measure it in a capsule of love that goes off to the people that offend you and that don't offend you. That are your friends and that are not your friends. For Jesus rightly said in Matthew 5, 46, he says... I don't know if it's 46 or 36. Let me see. Matthew 5, 46. Let's try that one first. For if you love those who love you, you're not impressing no one, my friend. If you feel good around those people that make you feel good, you're not doing anything. Even the worst sinners do the same. Well, I get along with me and I will Listen. The expression of reality in Christianity is the, those that offend you might feel your love, your compassion. The expressions of, of something that's not you, my friend. I'm telling you, it's not you right now. It's called the love of God. It's something that you have to get rid of you so that that other thing might come into your life. Because if we're just relating to those who we can relate with, we've done nothing. So he says in verse 19, Ephesians 3:19, so experiencing the love of God in that magnitude of, of participation, when you're in, in love with God and he's in love with you and you're sharing that love, it's easy now when somebody is, it passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. What is supposed to come out at the time of a situation, circumstance, I just want to describe it like this, adversity, opposition. What, what is supposed to be the thing that pours over in the midst of, of the, the offense? I, I, just, I could only describe it as offense. Why offense? Because that is the occasion where we decide to say, you know something, I can't stand you anymore. Can't stand you. And so there we see Matthew 24, verse 10. What's he say? He says, many will be offended and will betray one another. This, this is the climate of the last days. How many have been offended re recently? How many have felt betrayed, unloved, rejected? Listen to me. All these are the natural reactions to offense, to things that are wrong. And we already determined last week, I believe, and the week before, when we talked about anger, 
that the righteous judgment against unfairness is wrath. But we must be careful that we're not in the flesh. Otherwise, we're going to miss out on our inheritance as Moses did when he struck the rock. And what came out in a moment where he was supposed to walk in righteousness was wrath. And so God says, you're not going, you can't, listen to me. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you don't walk in love. If love is not perfected in you, you cannot do the, the righteousness of God, will not be worked out through anger, through the, and so he says there are many. Could you, could you highlight many in your Bibles? It's not going to be a few. Um, whenever somebody's going to tell you, I'm offended, you can tell join the club. Join the club because many, there's many opportunities. We said that on Sunday, Luke chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. He says offenses are going to come left and right and in every color. But make sure that you're not offending anyone. Uh, Luke 17, verse 1. That's not it either. Forgot what the, what the verse was. But we had talked about it. I think, go to 15.1. Luke 15.1. Is it the 17? Okay, Luke 17.1. Let's go back to that. It's impossible that offenses should come, that no offense should come. Listen to me. What world do you live in? What fantasy land do you live in? We're offended every day. And, and I'll tell you by who? By those that are closest to us. Mom, dad, husband, wife, brother, sister, member of church, Sunday school teacher. We're offended. We have opportunities to be offended. I'm offended already by looking at some faces tonight. Well, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna take offense because verse 2 says it would be better that you tie a, a, a millstone around your neck and be thrown in the ocean that you should offend one of God's little ones. And, and the voice comes, that's me. Okay, that's me. God is talking to you tonight. That you might abound in a substance of God's supernatural love because that is where we mature and are perfected and are coming to the possibility to be his instruments upon the earth. Matthew 24.10, many will be offended, and because they will be offended, they will act contrary to love. How will they act contrary to love? They will betray one another, and they will even justify their offense by hating one another. So you see it's progressive. The offense moves to betrayal, and betrayal moves to I can't stand them. And that's the perfect work of the spirit of the Antichrist, the perfect work of Satan in the heart of man that refuses to walk in the instruction of God. His commandment is that you love one another. This new commandment I give you. And so this love of God, and so it keeps on saying, and because of this, Many false prophets, people are rising up in this. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Deception is easy. Distortion is easy in the mindset of one who walks without love. Reality sets in when we are saturated in the love of God. But deception rises up in the heart of many. And many are deceived. Verse 12 
And because of this, because everything loses its lawfulness, its boundaries, its jurisdiction, its territory, then lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. That, that is the temperature climate of the last days, not for any other reason, but because of offense, because of hurt, because of things that happen, and they happen on every color in every, every situation. That's why Clarita says, me río de los peces de colores. I'm not going to allow things that are changing around me to change me. I'm going to pursue the heart of God. And so it goes on in Romans 5, verse 3. He says, know this, that not only that, but it, we glory in tribulations. When things are worse and worse and things are upside down, this is our opportunity to, to love. In the midst of tribulations, we glory. Hallelujah! Why? Because I am going to persevere. I'm going to go, I'm going to continue to love in the direction of forgiveness. That's an expression of love. Humility is the clothing of love. Um, hospitality is an expression of love, service. And so this is what God's heart is for us, and I praise God. This, this might be the second most powerful sermon and message I've ever brought to this church. I know there was one that I said, this is, not, this is like huge. But this is like the second. This is a solid foundation for us to really, for those who love wisdom and are pursuing God with all their heart to come to this place. In, in tribulations, we glory. We, we, we have an expression. Um, my nephew came into my office today and my son, and I said, how was your day? And he says, good. I said, that's not good enough. Because there's good there's great and there's glorious. And we should walk in the glorious manifestation of a God that has poured out his love. He's lavished us with his love. Who can separate us from the love of God? So we're not going around saying we're doing good. Man, you're doing glorious. Because, man, the creator of the universe has set his eyes on you. Loves you to such a degree he gave his son for you. And so you see perfect love in this. The Bible says it's demonstrated the love of God that while we were yet sinners, he loved us. So where's your love? Well, if people treat me right, if they don't offend me, if they don't cross my path, if they're not unrighteous, if they're not walking improperly, if they haven't, you know, hurt me, if they haven't offended me, while they're yet perfect, I will love them. And so you'll never love anybody. And that, that is a serious offense to the, God, the, the love of our God and the God of our love. Because we're walking and trampling his goodness. So we glory in tribulations when there's difficulties, when there's weather. I told the woman this morning, yeah, the, we, the wind is blowing, the, the the fog has set in. You can't see clearly. The storm clouds are heavy. They're dark. There's lightning. There's thundering. There's waves. There's floods. But you still have a destiny. The waves don't determine where you're headed and why you're headed there. And so that's why it's good to have a compass 
And the compass tells you, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to where God has called me. I know, I know the inheritance he has for our family. I know what the inheritance he has for our daughters and our sons and our grandsons. I'm not going to let some temporary clouds and storms and waves remove and deprive me of my legacy in his extravagant mercies upon my life. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And so here it is. We go on. He says, when you persevere in the midst of this tribulation, the perseverance is developing the character of love. I'm able, listen, I'm able to love the unlovable. I'm able to forgive 70 times 7. I'm able to walk. My calling in the things of God is in every situation Everybody gets a brand new start in every morning, just like I do before God. Oh, Pastor, I'm sorry, because yesterday, I said, forget about it. Flush the toilet, let's go on to tomorrow. Forget about it. Don't describe to me whatever that smelly, stinky, whatever difficult, if I caused it, forgive me. Let's go forward to the plan of God. Let the love of God abound towards us. And this perseverance produces a character. We, we get easier at it as we go along. We get easier at it. And this produces hope. Why? Why does a character of love produce hope? Because I'm not giving up. Amen. I'm not throwing the towel. Amen. I'm not quitting. We're not those that withdraw. We're not those that back up. We're not going to allow to be those that, whose love grows cold because we're, we're getting trained up in righteousness. We're being perfected in love. And so here it is. He says, now this hope will never disappoint us. Because as we pursue the full expression of God's purpose, it's the love of God that's being poured out in our hearts to the Holy Spirit who's, who was given to us. That means I'm not expecting anyone to love me. And I continue to give love to all because my source of love is not others and what happens in situations, my source of love is the faithfulness of God's love continually poured out in my heart, in the bottle of my life, so that I'm hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and love and love and love and love. So hope doesn't disappoint us, for the love of God is being poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I was telling the lady, she says, every time he gets me upset, I just let him have it. I said, because that's what's inside of you, my young lady. You're full with a whole bunch of bitterness and hatred and resentment and self-righteousness. And every time they hit you, you're, you're just letting out what's inside of you. So pour out something that every time you have a situation, love comes out. Mercy, peace, um, forgiveness. That's from God's love poured out through the Holy Spirit. And, and so we get a new picture of, of it's not the person who's offended us. It's not the situation or the circumstances. We've run out of love because we have run out of our relationship with the Lord. Now, in John chapter 3, is it 13? Yeah, John chapter 13, verse 18. He starts talking about his betrayal. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats with my, me bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Jesus is sitting down and he says, I am going to experience authentic betrayal. 
I don't deserve to be treated like this man's going to treat me. He's going to throw me under the bus. He's going to sell me off. He's going to act like he never knew me. He's going to use me. And, and he's perfect in his ability to, to confront all of his followers with the fact of saying, listen, in the moment of real betrayal and offense, I want to leave you a legacy of a blessing. So you guys hear his heart there. How many hear his heart? He who shared his bread has turned against me. Verse 34. A new commandment I give you. In the light of this experience, I want to establish the foundation for your tomorrow when you get offended and betrayed. And this is that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. So we see what God is trying to do in our hearts. And again, I praise God for this message. Praise God for this message. Because this is bringing us to maturity. This is bringing us to another level in our spiritual walk. Verse 35, and by this, this is the character attribute of those who are authentic disciples in Christ. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciple when you have the expression of love. Nothing else. It's not the wisdom. It's not your holiness. It's not nothing, nothing, nothing but your ability to sit there and express what he expressed towards us. A lot of people find love to be abstract, very difficult for me. I, I can tell you I could never have even come close to sharing this message five years ago, ten years ago. Because this is the mark of God is bringing us in to another level of our expression as his people upon the earth. And so we have the clarity. It's no longer abstract. And he says those words in John 17, verse 23. He's talking to the Father. He says, I am in them already, and you're in me, that they may be made perfect. There is no perfect. There's no unity and perfection in ourselves. Look around you. Look who's in front of you. Look who's in behind you. Look who's beside you. Do you think we ever have the capacity to work as one without love? Impossible. And the only way we can change the world, is our capacity here now. Not, oh, when I go to Africa, when I go to Nicaragua, no, when I go to Cuba. Listen, right now, here, with the situations that are going on, God is perfecting your maturity in Christ to go to the nations and show his character. And if you can't do it here, my friend, you are dropping out. You're not fit for the plowing of the field. The Bible says he who puts his hands on the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom. Cannot use that type of a person. By this, everyone will know that you're. Lord, you're in me, I'm in you. Make them perfect one that the world may know you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Verse 26, John 17, 26. And I have declared them your name. What is the name of God? What is the character of God? God is love. God is love. I have declared to them, that's the foundation of who you are, and will declare it, that the love, I've, I've shared with them your character of love, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. There is no evidence of us being in God uh, without the capacity to express that to those around us. 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God. So this is, don't go too far. Guy is, he, love is not irritable. Love does not seek his own. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. I've already been offended. 
That's not love. That's not love. What are you doing? That's an abomination. That, that, that is a stench in the nostrils of God. So he says, he who does not love does not know, is not intimate with God. For God is love. God is love. That's the fullness of who he is. That's who we have received. 1 John 2, 5. He keeps my word. In him verily the love of God is being perfected as we forgive. What is the word of God? Very important. He who keeps his word. Have, do you guys remember the Beatitudes, the beautiful attitudes, the Sermon on the Mount? He put that up there like saying, this is a portrait of who you're called to be. And when we saw that, we're like, impossible. We can't do that. And he says, blessed is he, and he, bam, and blessed is he, and bam, blessed is he, bienaventurado, blessed is he, bienaventurado, blessed is he. And all of it was the expression of love in every situation. The love of God. He who keeps my word, in him verily the love of God is being matured. Hereby know we that we are in him. How do we know that we're in him? Verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. You say you're a Christian, you should act like that in every direction. In season, out of season, in the early morning, in the nighttime, with sinners, with saints, with prostitutes, with pastors. That the expression of his love is in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. And we have an incredible opportunity to fill ourselves with the spirit of God. And be the fullness of he who came. 2 John 1.6, and this is love. That we walk in obedience to his commands. Forgive, I don't want to. Walk in release, I don't want to. I'm offended. Put it behind you, I don't want to. I'm going to use this as my fuel to drive me out of the will of God. Out of the purpose of God. Out of the relationships of the people that God has put me into to be one with. This is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. And this is the commandment that has been given to you from the beginning that you should walk in it. And that is love. So we go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. He sat down with the multitude. He's going to give them a run. This goes for three chapters. Chapter 5, 6, and 7. And seeing the multitude, he went to a high place and was seated with his disciples that came to him. Verse 2. Matthew 5, 2. He opened his mouth and began to speak that they would learn by teaching them. Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. There's a character attribute that lets you walk lowly. Makes you walk in humility. Because I want to tell you something. If there is the garment of love is humility. It's not pride. It's, it's walk lowly. And you'll, you'll inherit everything God has for you. Verse 4, he says, blessed are those who mourn, who suffer. In a season, they will be comforted. If you're going to love, it's going to hurt. 
you're going to suffer. Love suffers long, long suffering. Verse 5, the meek shall inherit the earth. And those that live way beneath their potential. I, you know, I, this got me angry. It got me upset. It's very wet up here. Um, Craig Hill tells me, Joaquin, the, <coughs> excuse me, the definition of meekness. One who lives under the expression of his potential. I got mad. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, see, a meek person doesn't go around living at the level of his ability. He comes down, and that's why it says that Moses was meek, and Jesus says, learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And, and so coming down is not the expression of self, but it is the expression of love. I, I know more than him. Yeah, you do, but you're going to be meek. Well, I've done this before. Yeah, you're gonna, you've done it before, but you're going to walk in meekness. And so the expression of love here in an attitude mindset is blessed those who are able to walk in meekness. And this is a challenge for me every day. They will obtain all things. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. The, the, the understanding that the love of God is sufficient to pour upon you everything you'll ever even dream or need. And to walk opposite like that is to be an orphan and always wanting a handout and an acknowledgement from others because you still have not quieted your love in his presence, in the fullness of who he is. I, I've, in the last couple of years, God has worked hard on me in that. I see a lot of people striving. And I said, Lord, and my son said it. I think you guys heard it on Sunday. He says... There's nothing more powerful than a man that learns contentment. He's happy with what he has. He doesn't have to seek another store, another business opportunity, another car, another iPhone. He's content. And that's what this principle is. That you're filled with God's filling and you're not hungry for more than what God is restoring. He says in verse 7, blessed will be the merciful, those that release people. Continually, they shall obtain mercy. They shall release. Verse 8. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, that, that I've realized that if you have issues of your heart, you pick up on everybody's expression of what's going on, some, something that's twisted. Things that people aren't even thinking about. Think people are not, they haven't even, they've overlooked. When that's in your heart, that's your continual snag and it, it's a continual expression. Um, I heard Ravi Zacharias and a couple of preachers say, um, people don't think about you as often as you think about you. You're stuck on you. And you think the little, the universe all surrounds you and the sun and the, the stars and the planets are all revolving around your clouds and your sentiments and your feelings. And, and people are really, really busy. And they're trying to come before God in a manner that pleases God to be stuck on you. You're stuck on you. But, but God is really doing great things. And so he's given us all a cross to deny yourself and to follow him. And I don't see God addressing issues of self. He dealt with that on the cross. Not my will, thine be done. And so there it is. Blessed are the pure in heart. Those that don't have deep heart issues, 
they're going to see God in every expression. I can't, even as I was talking to this lady, she wanted me to see this man's sin this morning. She wanted me to say, do you understand, Pastor? This is how, this is how disgustingly depraved and dirty he is. And I say, I see a prince. I see the love of God upon this man and how he wants to use him as a great husband and father. See, she had issues of the heart that weren't released. So she was seeing a monster and I'm seeing a prince because I'm seeing through the love of God. I'm seeing the purpose of God. I'm seeing God cheer this man on to rescue his family and to live for the glory of God. And that's what God needs. When Jose Medeiros got here some 17 years ago, people saw a, a weird, monstrous-looking, psychopath, lithium, bipolar. Arr, I saw an evangelist. Saw a man of God that would change his generation. What was that? It was the love of God. It was the love of God. Now, we, we're, so, we're so messed up in our vision with regards to the love of God. Uh, one of the aspects of love is, is it says that love does not rejoice with unrighteousness. Oh, Pastor, I've seen you get, yeah, yeah, I don't like unrighteousness. I don't like people kidnapping the purpose of God and say, I love you. No, no, I don't love you. I said that on Sunday. For you fathers to have not left a legacy and and footprints to your children to honor, to love, and to serve God is a travesty. It's a travesty. You have deceived your generations. So we go here, and we see the, the Beatitudes are the first eight expressions of love at measures that we could... We, I haven't done even a little bit of justice to those eight things. You guys know that, right? Because we're in a hurry. But I pray that you press into them. I pray that you meditate on those, on those eight principles. And then how does it finish? In verse 10, he says, and, okay, let's go to verse 9. We're at 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Do you know people that are always splitting things up? They have a nuclear um, atomic element. They have a specialty in chemistry. They go in the lab and they split the atom. We're going to split the atom today. When you split an atom, uh, is it an atom? Am I right? It causes an atomic bomb. The repercussions are huge. And everything starts falling apart, produced by someone who's not blessed, who's not a peacemaker. They're splitting. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. The sons of God are reconciling, are uniting, are bringing things back into purpose. That's what he says. I've come to reconcile you back to God. Verse 10, he says, in this atmosphere of persecution, blessed are you when you are persecuted for doing what's right, for pursuing love, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we can describe righteousness as perfect love in every direction. That's righteousness. Well, Pastor, how could I be righteous? Love like Christ loves. You're going to love his commandments. You're going to love his kingdom. You're going to love his ways. You're going to love correction. You're going to love the admonition, the instruction. You're going to love the church. You're going to love the pastor. You're going to love your teachers. You're going to love your brothers. You're going to love. That's righteousness. That's the expression that before God makes you outstanding and excellent par none. Uh, verse 11, he says, blessed are you when people speak 
revile against you and persecute you and say all kinds against you falsely? What is the measure that allows you to surpass? Can you please answer this? What is that which allows you to far surpass every tide of of opposition coming to your poor little life? Here you're, the waves. What is going to help you to become more than an overcomer? Can you tell me? Love. So I told the lady and I told everybody, don't measure what you're going to do based on what's going on. So what's going on is going on. Big deal. Rise above it. Come above. Ride the wave of the crest of God in purpose for his people. And that is love. When people persecute you, when they, when they say all matter of wrong against you, and then you have the following, I said three, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, every description of everything that could justify you getting upset and throwing the towel. Jesus spends three chapters putting every scenario that you can imagine and think of so that you, and he's telling you this, you overcome them, overcome them, overcome them in the character that's being produced in the midst of this opposition. And so it says in Matthew 7, 28, he says like this, So it was when Jesus had ended saying that the people were astonished. They were freaking out at his teaching. Verse 29, for he taught them as one having authority. How many know that when we're talking about one having authority, we're talking about who authored this life? We're talking like if God was here tonight. God speaking to you what is his heart. God challenging you to rise to this level. In Romans 12, 9, he says like this, Don't, When you love, make sure it's without hypocrisy. What does that mean? What does, what does love without hypocrisy mean? Don't put on a front. Don't put that, How you doing? I want to kill you. You really make me upset. God bless you. No. Make sure that your love is authentic in the light of offense, betrayal, injustice, persecution. Hate these things which are removing you from the, from the measure of God's perfection. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil. Make sure that you are hanging on to what is good. Romans 12, 21, do not, it's that same chapter where he starts out with do not do it hypocritically, de mentirita, as in Spanish, it means a little lie, you're, you're, you're deceiving. It's at the end it says, so do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Love for real. I, I love people, listen to me, there's been all manner and sorts of situation that have gone on. I'm not, I'm not offended. I'm not upset. I love. I love the, you know, the circumstances. not in my control. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't manipulate it. I couldn't change the course. But my love is not empty. My love is not without. Um, there's a brother here for a long time uh, and decided to leave two years ago, Dr. Vicente. I have all manner of, of situations to say. I'm not going to call that guy. I'm not going to... He, he walked away. I said, I can't. The love of God compels me. I called him at the hospital. How are you doing? You're about to die, man. I want to pray with you. I want to read a psalm with you. It's going to be okay. 
That's the love of God. That's all manner of offense and, and words and exchange and sentiments. But where is Christ? Where is the substance of what we preach and live and say we, we were pursuing? And so Colossians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the same thing. And in verse 5, he says, kill everything that is not an expression of love. What are these things? Fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, covetousness, idolatry, all these expressions of no love. Verse 6, because the wrath of God is coming upon the sons that walk without love. And once you once walked like this, and you lived in this manner. Verse 7, you once walked without love. Once you were, I had somebody tell me today, no, the guy doesn't like his wife. I said, who likes him? Who likes him? He doesn't like his wife. I don't like him. Because we walk like that in the world. It's like, who's my enemy? You, you are. I know how to deal with my enemies. No. The Bible says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Then you will be my sons in this generation. Verse 8, he says, now put off of yourself. Take off that ugly mask of anger. These are the expressions of those that have been hurt. Anger, wrath, malice, they speak, they have foul, filthy language. They don't bless anybody, have nothing good to say. Verse 9, they deceive. They, the, the lack of love distorts their vision. Nobody loves me. This is the, the donkey in Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore. Nobody loves me. Tell the devil he's a liar. Everybody loves you. You're too beautiful to not to love. You're too precious. Do not lie. Since you've put off the old man with his expressions, there was no love in the old man. It's highly selfish, thinking only about himself. Verse 10. So it says put off one thing, but it says put on the new man. And what does the new man have? You know what the new man has? I read it here. Um, put off and, and put on the new man, renewed according to the image of God. And then it says in verse 14, above all things, there's a lot of expressions of a lot of Christian character traits. But above all things, put on love. This is the perfect super glue. This is the perfect thing that, that works the character of God on us. Verse 12, he says, therefore, if you're chosen by God, you're holy, you're loved by God, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, meekness, suffer long, bear up with one another in their burdens and and offenses, forgive one another, even as Christ, if there's a complaint against someone, even like Christ forgave you, you must also do. Put above all, put on love. Put on love. Lord, give us your spirit, give us your mindset, give us your wisdom. A man says, Actions speak louder than words. She doesn't love me because she doesn't help me. A woman says, I don't care about actions, I want words. I want him to talk, to share. And to spend quality time with me. Those are two expressions of what each are asking. The clash of the titans. Conflicts from different courses of expressions. Different languages causing anger, alienation, betrayal. We see God love us in the manner of, I'm not going to make no more excuses. I'm, today I decide to put on love to grow in my character, to express in my thoughts, my words, my actions, my life, my relationships, the love of God. Let's stand tonight.
the tone of our speech, the attitudes of forgiveness, humility, and mercy, the adornment of walking as he walked upon the earth, allow us to grow in relationships. For some of you, the challenge is in your home, among, I guess for all of us with regards to our marriage relationship, our children, our relationship with our parents, our relationship at the family level, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, father-in-law, but then here at the church. And then how is this world ever going to be able to witness what we're preaching when we cannot walk in that mindset? Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I give you thanks for pouring it out in such a powerful manner. I give you thanks, Lord, that we can love you because you first loved us. And a lot of people will not be able to love us until we first have the expression of humility and forgiveness and long-suffering. And when we love them first, while they're yet rubbing us wrong, offending us, hurting us, depriving us of our wealth and our, our value and our worth, let us not walk away from your commandment that we would be made perfect in your love. That your spirit might pour out in our hearts. Your Holy Spirit might pour out the love of God in our hearts. That we might have the expression of hospitality, of serving, of forgiveness, of perseverance, of a character that has the caliber to change the world. So your Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. And we not harden it. And we not allow our love to grow cold because of offense and hurt and difficulties and challenges and opposition, adversity. That none of these things would distort our vision from being seated in heavenly places to see your purpose, your calling, to hear your voice, that it would be magnified over the voice of Satan, the voice of offense, magnifying unforgiveness to the point where it distorts our walk and our love towards one another. I pray, O oh God, that this word might cleanse us like you have promised, that the bride is being cleansed by the washing of the word. And even tonight, I feel that that's why you allowed us to sit under this dew of heaven. And you've opened up our eyes to see that we not walk far from your love. That we not walk towards darkness and be self-absorbed in our own mindset. For you say that he who walks in misunderstanding will find himself in the congregation of the dead. Where we will be unable to respond anymore to your correction and admonition. We receive your word tonight and we know that it will fulfill that which you sent it for. The Bible says that you sent your word and it healed your son Joseph and your word was able to break the bonds of his captivity and the fetters that held him back from your purpose. So we believe tonight even so that your word might transform us might heal us, might break the chains of our captivity. 
In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen and amen. Go hug on your neighbor. Love one another as he is commanded.